If we don't execute, guess what? We'll be going home. Since I've been a rookie here, every year in the playoffs, we have fallen short. And I know what happens when you fall short. Some guys, it might be their first go-round on this team. And I tell them the same thing. If we don't execute, we're going to the house. It's just simple as that. Bills defensive tackle Ed Oliver as the Bills and Steelers move to Monday. 4.30 kickoff at Highmark Stadium as part of Super Wild Card Weekend. This is a special extended playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday. As the home of the Bills gets you ready for Wild Card Weekend, it's brought to you by Expert Contracting. Expert Contracting for wind damage. Call 716-272-ROOF. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, Evan DiBasquale, we're all here with you for one more hour as Sabres pregame get started at 3 o'clock. The Sabres taking on the Vancouver Canucks. If you're going downtown for that game today, please be safe, be careful, and do think ahead on this. If you don't think it's worth it to get down there today, just keep yourself safe. Don't go if you feel like it's going to be too much of a risk. Everything of the sort. So take precautions if you're going to this game, please, and thank you very much. We do. Like I may have yelled about people earlier today, but I do respect and care that every person is okay uh, as the weekend rolls on here. We want you all to be safe. We want you all to be safe. We want everyone to be safe. Uh, that is the main point of everything. That's probably why I got so angry in the first place. So we want people to be safe. We want people to make sure that they're okay. Yep. Simple as that. And we want. We want. We have to learn from what happened last year, and this is a big step in showing that we have learned. It's better to be more proactive in this sort of thing yeah. than it is to um, to react. Yes. Proactive is better than reactive in the sense, and I would say, you know, hey, good. It's good that they're doing the right thing. And 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 now too, look at the positive. Look at the positive of this. Not just from a football football standpoint. Look at it from a watching standpoint. Monday becomes a great sports day. Yeah, you're right? off from work. You're off from work. If you're if anybody who's off from work, cook Frank. Let's go. What's one p.m. It's yet. Yeah, there's a Sabres game going on. Yeah, I know, but. <laughs> You got something to watch at 1 p.m. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they play the Sharks, so they should win. Uh, hopefully. Knock on wood. San Jose is really bad. <laughs> but Sabres play at 1. Bills play at 4.30. I just cut myself. That, that's your fault. <laughs> Sabres 1. Bills 4.30. Eagles Bucks 8.30. Beautiful. That's a great day of sports. It's a nice long day of sports. Yeah. Two Monday night, two Monday night games, too as well. You know the NFL. You know the NFL loves having those. Yeah, exactly. So there it is. You got yourself an elite. Stay home and watch sports weekend. Yeah, that is exactly what I'm going to do. There's going to be plenty of other games to watch as well on Monday because there's. On plenty of hockey. There's plenty of other hockey games as well. There's a bunch of one one o'clock games. There's a three o'clock game, some six o'clock games, and there's going to be. Uh, let me do, I'm checking the NBA schedule. Oh my god, there's NBA games all day as well. So if you prefer to watch basketball, there's games all day for you too. Ready? Here's my checklist for this weekend. Now, now that I don't have to work tomorrow. One, sit on Mike Easter. Yeah. Two. Well, actually, one, get my snackage. Two. Sit on my keister. Yeah. Three, snuggle the dog. Ooh, I like that one. Four, watch my sports. Yes. Five, stay Prof- warm. Profit. Profit? Yeah. Step six, profit? Yeah. Profit. I'm going to say profit. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to say it. There we go. All right. 
I like it. Booyah. Um, Next two days is going to be like that. Going first of all, Twitter today is not a uh, it's not a great place to be, considering all the discourse here. It's not a great great place most days. Yes, but we do make sure we get connected with our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at northtownkia.com. I just like to point out how much of a uh, weird show this is now. Because I get a tweet in from Lex saying, my Saturday is not complete until I hear the booty cheek of the week. So, like, that's right. It's now must hear programming, at least according to one person. And if that's the case, booty cheek of the week to the moon. That's right. We're riding it to the moon. If it, I get, it is if now I got, a staple of the show. Thank you, Lex. I have concrete evidence that at least one person lo- loves that segment, so we're sailing it until I crash it. There's concrete evidence that at least one person wa- <laughs> one person is happy that this that that segment is a staple of the show and a staple of their week. Uh, yeah, like their Saturday is not complete. So again, Evan and I every week we're gonna ride that ship until it crashes. Probably my fault when it happens. Oh, it will be your fault. It almost was. <laughs> it almost was the last time. Just now, I know. I know. You want to see me juggle with dynamite? Yes. I'm gonna I... make fun of. I'm gonna make fun of our boss. <laughs> I'll give you the dynamite too. Yes, you will. I don't trust. I don't trust your dynamite. Actually. All right. Speaking of dynamite, we hope that the Bills have an explosive day ah. against Pittsburgh on Monday. Yeah. With a little bit less snow, so football-wise, it's not going to be as crazy. It's not going to be pretty. No. It's still going to be a tough game. It's still going to be a snowy adventure, so to say. But my big thing here is at least we know that's how it's going to be. And the Bills – but there's an opportunity now – for some of this weather to clear up and therefore allow the Bills a little bit more opportunity for their talent to shine against Pittsburgh. And that's the key here is that I've been irrationally afraid of the Pittsburgh Steelers because of how often Buffalo plays down to competition. And then of course, with that weather, I'm just like, I'm at pants-soiling levels of nervous. And now they move the game for the safety of the public. Good. And... Now we're back to square one, which is hoping that the Bills don't play down to their competition in a inclement weather game. It's It's been the biggest worry for playing any team, really. Yeah, because... The, 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 and, and, we, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, the, the team that I felt the least worried about was the Texans because Sean McDermott does... Prey bullies rookie quarterbacks. Rookie, exactly rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, Mason, yeah. Is Mason Rudolph an elite quarterback? No, but he's done enough for Pittsburgh, especially while Kenny Pickett had been injured, to get wins. And as we know, what's Pittsburgh's reputation? They always find ways to win. Mike Tomlin always finds ways. To have a winning a winning record, or at least a non-losing season, because they've had some eight and eight seasons before. So, I felt going in going into this after the Dolphins game, 
this might actually be their worst possible matchup. Right. As even though Pittsburgh seems like the weakest team, just because of what the Bills have done this year. You know, and even ever since the the change in offensive coordinator from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady, how how explosive has the offense really been? They had the Jets game. They had the Jets game, the Eagles game. And the Eagles game. The Cowboys game was that, I'd that call was that explosive. Most, mostly for the run. Mostly for the run, but it was still it high was. scoring. It was them yes. in control the entire time. I think of it as the offense being the ones dictating the game. Yeah. And those three games was a great stretch of that. Honeymoon's yep. over. Right. Because uh, you had rough sledding. Since then, it really hasn't been that. But I will also say Miami. Why? Miami, yeah, you know what? Yeah, they Miami were in was control of that yeah. game, yeah. except for giving the football away. Right. It was, like, that game should have been a blowout. They had, what, like, over 400 yards of offense yes, last they, week? Yes, and, yeah. and two-thirds of the time of possession. Right. So I will say it was a good day for the offense. Not a great day, because you can't keep turning the football over. You were trailing most of this game for a reason. Yeah. That said, they. this is why... The Bills' numbers of with EPA per play were lying. They were losing football games, but the EPA per play, uh, the advanced stats on their uh, efficiency on offense, were through the roof. And they were losing football games and scoring maybe 20 points. Why? They're moving the ball. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of closing drives. That part is... And, and that, that more part of the same is, in Miami. Yeah, that part is still the worry for me. I have no doubt that they'll be able to get yards and move the ball down the field against Pittsburgh I just worry about about their ability to finish to finish drives and we saw how close the not even just the Miami game but look how close New England kept it and New England New England has a good defense and look how close the Chargers kept it and I obviously the Chargers had the coach bump they just fired Staley after giving up over 60 points to the Raiders so you felt like okay they're gonna bump up just a little bit, and they ended up keeping it a close game. And that was without Justin Herbert. They, you know, they let Easton Stick keep this game close. I have a feeling they're going to let Mason Rudolph keep this game close too. And because I, obviously Pittsburgh's a better built team than the Chargers are, even without TJ Watts, I feel like if they don't close drives early, especially early in the game, if they can get ahead ahead early, I think they'll win the game no problem. Mm-hmm. If they if they are if they are behind and not able to close drives early enough, I think Pittsburgh is going to do just enough to get ahead and stay ahead. I don't know about that because the Pittsburgh Steelers also are a fairly turnover prone type of team. But I think because of how the game is going to go, you're not going to see much offense, passing. But the Bills offense is good at creating plays. Our good Bills defense is good at creating plays. And it something Jeremy White said during the week made a lot of sense of the bad weather. Obviously, it's not going to be as bad, but there might be less of an inclination to kick the ball. And Pittsburgh will have to go for fourth downs. They will have to try to move the sticks instead of kicking a field goal. They may have to try to advance the ball instead of punting it away. Because Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin. But Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I fair counterpoint, but I loved what Jeremy brought up about that, which is he loves giving you the football back. That's obviously your yeah. uh, immediate riposte to that. But I it just, but when he said that, it's such a good point of Pittsburgh might have to take more chances 
Yeah. And if you're creating a situation for the Bills defense, forcing Pittsburgh to take chances, mm-hmm. who am I favoring in that situation? Yeah. I favor the Bills defense every yeah. time. Favor, yep. Because the Bills defense, while they had a downswing in the middle of the season, they were adjusting to injuries in life without Matt Milano mm-hmm. and Tredavious White. And then they required, and then they acquired Rasul Douglas, and then now they're getting Daquan Jones back. So it is, without a doubt, a different defense than what we were seeing in the middle of the season. It's back to being the reason that they're winning games, even as depleted as their depth has been tested. the The tandem of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. There is a question of how far that this team is able to get with the two of them in tandem. However, that said, you got to look at the two of them and go, you did a good job with the depth being tested this year. Um, Brandon Brandon Bean for bringing in the players necessary and Sean McDermott for making the best out of sometimes spare parts and like Mm -hmm. popsicle sticks. That said, there is a legacy question now between those two. And that question is, how much are we going to be able to tolerate here uh, of early playoff exits? If they lose this game, I'm terrified to do it, but we have to restart a conversation, an uncomfortable conversation regarding the head coach and how far far that they can take this team. I'm not terrified at all. I know you're not. I am. You know know how I am. I know where you are. The listeners don't, though. You're here rotating in. So, I've been saying I don't I don't know if McDermott can get this team over the hump for a while. Yeah. So, but the thing is, if he if he goes out early here again, there is a question we have to ask once more. Those questions are going to be hot. They're going again. They're back. Yeah. The midseason hell that as we hot, were enduring. As hot as it was after the Denver game. Yeah. I wouldn't say as hot. Missing the playoffs would have made this discourse a lot worse. I think a lot worse. Maybe maybe that's just a me thing because. My whole thing going going into the playoffs has been, at bare minimum, if you want to call this season a good season, at bare minimum, you need to make the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't care where they were seated. I really didn't. We know this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. We know they, they have the roster. It doesn't matter what seed you are. You, when you have Josh Allen at quarterback, you're expected to go on a deep run. That's the mind, That's always the mindset of the teams that win when you have an elite quarterback. I mean, the teams like the Patriots under Brady and Belichick and the Chiefs, you know, they don't really, they don't go on the road. Obviously, the, you know, the Chiefs may have to play their first ever road playoff game under Mahomes next week should they win, you know, should they win. But at the same time, but at the same time, their, their expectations are always, Win the Super Bowl or else the season's a failure. And that's and ultimately what it's headed to with this group. And it should have but I'm saying is the and I'm saying is the mindset should always be there for us. Even though we've never done it, that should still be the mindset because that's the ultimate goal. And I can't and us as fans shouldn't be able to accept anything less than that. Especially when that's what we were promised. Not promise. No, it's or not, nothing is ever guaranteed. Nothing's ever guaranteed. But, but when you so tell, I say but when you tell, I'm saying is when you tell us that we're that this is you know the motto is championship caliber. Yes, that's telling us 
we ex- we, don't, we know we, your mindset and we agree. Yes. So yes, there there is That's where I kind of feel like it, it it's kind of like a not a I'm not maybe not fully like a promise to win, but an but it's expectation. it's an expectation to win. Exactly. And if you show anything less than that, and anyone who shows anything less than that shouldn't be here. Yep. And that's the biggest concern there. Uh and I've said this before. It was after the Ken Dorsey firing. After you've bagged three coordinators within calendar year, there's only one place that the uh, scope turns to at that point. And like I said, it's an uncomfortable conversation that we may have to revisit. But one game at a time. Four more. This season has been chaotic enough that the Bills, who are one of the most chaotic, I could trust that chaos being a Super Bowl team. Because that's what this season has been, is chaos. Mm -hmm. However, chaos is a ladder. Who best uses ladders? Teams on the lower rung. Yeah. This could be like peak Cleveland, go to the Super Bowl. Like, this season has been so unpredictable, we don't know what's going to happen. Every, like, asking you and Mark that question earlier in the first hour, like, which teams do you trust? My answer is genuinely nobody. I trust none of these suckers. Yeah, that's the and that that's the weird part about about this whole season. It's like <laughs> not the probably I probably say the 49ers every single have been fan, the only team to really stand out. Every single fan base is a sucker. Well, of course. For believing that their team is the favorite because nothing is real this year. That's just how fandoms work. But like nothing nothing about this season has been as promised. Yeah. At midseason, the Bills are at their lowest, mm-hmm. six and six, losing to the Broncos in a humiliating way, losing to the Patriots, like unfathomable stuff from a team that is a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They take the entire division back and the two seed. Things that were probably a one percent chance on it, many simulators. It shows how crazy it is. When there's an actual scenario where the Bills are either the two seed or not in the playoffs in general. And granted, Jacksonville did make sure that our heart rates were a little bit lower. Right. On right, right. Very thankful for that. But it, that, should, that, that alone should tell you just how crazy the season was. Yeah. Well, we'll figure out more as the season continues into its postseason. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, Evan DePasquale on the board. Sports Talk Saturday rolls on here for another half hour before Sabres pregame takes over on the radio home of the Bills and the Sabres, WGR Sports Radio 550. I mean, it should be the same mindset you have every week and going there and whooping, whooping another man and at the end of the day just doing your job. You know, for me, nothing really changes, but I, I, at the same time, play football, you take it up another notch and go out there and just continue to keep on whooping another man. Bills defensive tackle Daquan Jones. As the Bills and Steelers, that game getting moved, obviously, to Monday, 4.30 kickoff from Highmark Stadium. This is the special edition playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday. As the home of the Bills gets you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend, it's brought to you by Expert Contracting. Expert Contracting for your wind damage. Call 716-272-ROOF. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, Evan DePasquale, we're all here with you for another 30 minutes-ish, less than, 
Brian Coziel, Pat Malacaro, Paul Hamilton take over for Buffalo Sabres pregame as they take on the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks. I, I, it sounded like I said Vancouver with a B. I mean, that's kind of how they've been this year. Uber. Ah, uh, okay. You're more clever than me. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. I'll give you that. They've been one of the best teams in the league. And uh, the Sabres, obviously, in the middle of a lengthy homestand. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they can put a little bit more, put some more points together and kind of shake up and wake up a seemingly lost season for them right now. They're at 40 points. They're... Still the most, still the second most games played in the Atlantic. Yeah. And they're five points off of Detroit, seven points off of Tampa, who would technically have wild card number two. Unfortunately, the uh, I thought that the uh, hierarchy of the Atlantic division would change. No. It's the same players at the top right now, Boston, Florida, Toronto. Yep. The difference being Tampa and uh, – yeah, Tampa and Florida have swapped. Tampa is usually one of those – one or two Always seed. Always in the top three. And uh, now they're the they're the fourth team. Yep. Because the Maple Leafs are overtime point merchants. That they are. That they are. And They've only won 13 games in regulation this year. Yeah. They are totally not helping. Yeah. Everyone's getting points this year because of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to put it. They are not helping anything. No. No. And those boogers. <laughs> Obviously for Tampa, too, I mean, they, they didn't have Vasilevsky for like the first seven weeks of the season. So that's going to – they they likely would have had to play catch-up mode anyway. And they That have, and they're awful on the road right now. Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. 8-12-2. 8-12-2 on the road, 13-5-3 at home. Yeah. They've always been a good home team, though, yeah, with yeah. this group. Yeah. But the Sabres have been just as dreadful on the road or at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine wins. Ten regulation losses on each one of them. They've only played two extra games on the road, Mm -hmm. and they have two extra overtime losses. So there's your difference. (sighs) Yeah, I know, Frank. I know. But oddly enough, this has been one of their better stretches with their last ten games being five, four, and one. I know. it's (laughs) They've won four out of their last six. They talked about playing the way that brought them success last year. And I still am am being like, why'd you change it to begin with? You know, you want to play more playoff style hockey? Great, make the playoffs first. Learn what so it you is. can learn what learn how to do it and learn what it takes to win in the playoffs, and then you build from there, and then you adjust the system you have to be able to do that. But you can't just change it outright in a course of a summer. And that's what happened. And then, of course, the first couple months of the season are dreadful because of it. First three months, really. And now they, you know, a couple weeks ago are like, we'll we'll play the way we did last, you know, last year. That brought us all this success. And they they are starting to get there. They're, the signs were there the thing pretty is, much right away. The thing is, you got to – facing Ottawa helped. Yeah. But your special teams have been awful this year. And they were bad last year, too. No, no, no. One of them was bad last year. Their power play was top 10. And no, statistically, statistically, it was. At the end of the year, it started tapering. But last year, their power play was mean. Their power play 
I put an asterisk for the on most. That. No, I'm not. I'm using. I, I've I got the, the numbers. St- I know the stats. I know the stats. Say here's so so. I, I get. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're saying because the power play this year has been god awful, and the penalty kill this year started off really well, and now has been and now has, has now been off awful. Too. Also awful. Right. Last year though, their success on the power play came from came from one factor, and that was feeding Tage Thompson, and it worked for like the first half of the year. Great. But what happened? What what happened afterwards? Teams started to hone in on Thompson. Start to you know, spy an extra man or keep a stick in that area to try to block a pass or deflect a shot or whatever. And all of a sudden, the power play becomes god-awful as a result of that. And it continued into this year. That's why you know, That's why we're having all these complaints about them on the power play. They're, they're still trying to do the one thing that brought them success at one point. A year yep. ago, or t- and maybe even two years ago, arguably, but like, and it continues to not work because teams are still honing in on that. Teams haven't changed the way they've they've approached the Sabers when they're when the Sabers are on the power play, and the Sabers have done nothing to adjust to it. And that tells me a lack of creativity from your assistants that are in charge of it. Yeah. So and the- that and see with some players that they have just aren't made for the power play. Like, I like I okay, I was at the Seattle game, mm-hmm. and it was awful. And then we saw Jeff Skinner not play against Ottawa. Jack Quinn took his spot on the first power play unit, and the power play unit looked better. It they scored a couple of goals on the power play as well. Yes. Great, and a lot, of, a lot. I think a lot of that was because Jack Quinn's on there, and he brings another dynamic that Skinner just doesn't. Yes. So my big thing is this: um, you have a chance to really wake yourselves up. You're still you're playing one of your better stretches of hockey, and this could help. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. Yes, it's been heavy about the Bills. Game getting switched to Monday, 4.30. But uh, Sabres pregame gets started in about 20 minutes. And we'll turn down to the arena for that when we come back and talk to Mr. Brian Koziel as we get ready for Sabres and Canucks at 4 o'clock faceoff right here on WGR. If you have any concerns about the weather, our sister station, News Radio 930 WBEN, has weekend coverage. We're live and local down the hall all throughout the weekend here if you need the latest on the situation regarding the weather in western New York. Sports Talk Saturday, one more segment when we come back. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, you're listening to WGR. Welcome back. Final segment here of Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, Evan DePasquale has been on the board with all of this all throughout the morning, by the way. He was with there for Zach from 10-2. He is here to wrap it up here with us. And then he's also going to help produce this Sabres hockey game that is coming up next. Mm-hmm. So Evan putting in a, a big day here today. Give him that dub. We, we get a W here for our producer. And send that his way. So, I've done those. I know how it feels. So, hats off. Frank, take your hat off for him. Okay, I will. Hats off. Hats off for Evan for the shift that he has pulled today. There it is. Hats off for Evan today. Appreciate it. There you go. Evan's there. And and Alan, our program director, Alan Davis, is peeking around the corner here, left and right. Sneaking in. Sneaking in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we go to the western hotline now for uh mr brian Koziel. he's going to join us here for a little 
extended Sabres pregame, so to say. Brian, it's been a while. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How you been? It's been good. I think, uh, obviously, <laughs> it's a whirlwind here of of uh, news with weather and sports this weekend here, but uh, we're ready to get going here with pregame in just a little bit, and then uh, we'll see one of the best teams in the NHL coming in here today. Uh, Vancouver, if you didn't notice, is outstanding this year. 28-11-3. They lead the Pacific. I know probably you know everybody thought Vegas is winning the Pacific if you don't look at it every day, but... Yeah, the Canucks are doing well, and in terms of their, you know, I guess comparison in the league, uh, they're only a point behind Winnipeg for number one overall in the National Hockey League. That's probably two surprises for Sabre fans. If you don't regularly look at the standings or pay attention to the West, that right now the top two teams in the NHL are Winnipeg and Vancouver, and obviously the Sabres will see one of those teams today. Brian, of course, uh, so uh, you're doing this game not from the arena today. I do need to make sure that we're being... Uh, open and honest here but uh of course this game is still going on the bills being postponed so obviously if people are out there drive safe if you're going to the game today uh please be careful and take all necessary precautions Uh, as for the team itself brian this has been one of their better stretches in what has been a lost season they've won four of their last six heading into this afternoon yeah, it's it's been a little better, but still not where it needs to be. We know the Sabres have dug themselves a hole. I mean, they, at the halfway point, had 38 points, and that put them on pace for 76. Now, I think they will have a better second half than they did the first half. I don't think it really could be much worse, but if you remember last year, 91 points was their total, and they were a point out of the playoffs. So uh, I know this year the projections could be different, but even if you look at last year's 92 total, that was the team that was the last team to get in at that point. I mean, the Sabres are going to go ahead and need 54 points in the second half of the season. So 54 points over 41 games. So they're going to have to play quite a bit above that 500 clip if there's going to be any sort of miraculous run here. And uh, that obviously is tough to do when you don't put together consistency and you don't put together win streaks. And the entire first half of the season, the Sabres only had two win streaks, and they were both just of two games only. So to me, that's the biggest hurdle of all, is that if there is going to be some sort of realistic move in the standings that we can have a serious discussion about them being in the, quote, race, um, they've got to put together a stretch where maybe they do win four in a row or five in a row or put together a stretch where they go like 7-1-1 one, and one, or something along those lines. Um, this home stretch, to me, I thought was a possible opportunity um, obviously, today's game is a tough one on paper, but you've got San Jose, one of the worst teams in the NHL coming in, followed by Chicago. Those are the bottom two teams in the East and you know the bottom two teams in the entire NHL. So if you you know check off wins there, you could somehow maybe get some points today. Maybe the six-game homestand can turn out to be a success if maybe there's like a 4-1-1 you know, one one sort of thing. And then you go out west, you get the Ducks and the Sharks again, and the Ducks are the third worst in the in the. Uh, in the West, the Kings are a good team, but um, an opportunity maybe just for the entire month of January to get yourself back in the race. It's there if you at least look at the schedule. It it, it definitely is, um, and and at the very least, you know we we heard them talk about we heard Don Granado talk about how they want to try to play the way that they, that brought them success last year. 
um, and they are going to try to do that right away. And it seems like it's working. Um, I have no, I you know, I've noticed a bit of an uptick on the offense, especially uh, especially on their rush chances. Um, even even uh, Thursday against Ottawa, they got a couple power play goals when the when the power play has been just awful this year. Um, have you know Have you noticed uh, that they're uh, that offensively they do seem to be showing signs of how they played last year? Yeah, and I think you you saw it probably in this Ottawa game probably the most. Uh, the word that the Sabres use and that Don Granato uses, playing offense with swagger. Uh, Tage Thompson scoring twice the other night. Those goals looked like goals from last year. I mean, how often? I mean, you guys watch basically every game as well here. Like, how often last year do you remember where Tage would just kind of take over a play, where he would mm-hmm. go by somebody, or he would go through two players or he'd enter the zone and just rifle one. And we really haven't seen a lot of that this year. And both of these game, or both of those goals against Ottawa the other night were prime examples of what Thompson did last year, uh, in which he obviously had that high 40-goal total. You know, that first one, he enters the zone, there's some space, and he just lets it rip. And then the power play goal, that bullet, that up, up went up high, Darlene set him up from the circle where the Sabres love to have him going from. So... Um, Tage has got to start to, I think, be even a little bit more selfish. Like, look, you're capable of going by guys. You're capable of taking over a game. And he's getting paid now to do that. So, you know, I think that's got to be something that happens. Skinner being out right now, you know, this, we'll, we'll get an update here coming up uh, with Paul at the top of the hour. Paul, by the way, is at the arena. Uh, you know, Paul and I chatted today. And uh, we were just kind of discussing uh, about the logistics of being at the arena. And with our post game extending uh, you know, obviously, uh, after the game for an hour plus, we just thought it would be safer for me to broadcast here, uh, not from the arena. Paul's going to be there, though, so we will have, you know, the full story from the game, and we'll get his interviews and all that sort of stuff, so we'll have that coming up at the top of the hour, including injury updates, but Skinner be out, being out is tough because the best offense we've seen is when the top six is all together, and that means Skinner and Tuck with Thompson, and that means Paterka, Cousins, and Quinn together, and boy, I guess maybe... I'll admit a little, I don't know where you guys were at, but I'll admit that Jack Quinn's value to this team was maybe even more than I thought it was. When he's been back, the Cousins line has been great, and we know Cousins still needs to score more for sure. But, man, they have been probably, I think, very easily to say the Sabres' best line in terms of generating chances, having possession, creating those opportunities that they did last year that they converted so often. Now, Quinn is scoring at a good clip since his return. The other two, I know, Paterka and Cousins... Uh, would like to be better. They both ironically scored in this last game against Ottawa, so we'll see if that can keep going. And as a matter of fact, uh, Paterka with a very smooth assist from uh, Dylan Cousins as well uh, on that one yeah. play in, against Ottawa. That was fantastic move there, cutting into the middle. Brian, we've got to get ourselves going here, but um, hopefully the Sabres are able to get things going here. Hopefully they're able to keep up their current, their recent winning ways, but we'll be able to hear about that from you, Paul, and... Hopefully, we get some good action from them this afternoon against Vancouver. Thanks for taking the time, Brian. Okay, guys. Yep, we'll have uh, Don Granato's interview coming up, Peyton Krebs, Jordan Greenway, Pat Malacaro as well, and, uh, and Paul, of course, uh, with his normal pregame stuff. So that's all coming up here in just a few minutes. Looking forward to it. And uh, for all of those that need to know, uh, that's coming up next here. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro, Paul Hamilton, the Sabres Radio Network. Coming up next here. Sabres and Canucks. One more time, Bills and Steelers. 4.30, the kickoff. 
to, on Monday, not tomorrow, <laughs> on Monday. I almost goofed it. But you'll be able to hear all of that right here on WGR Sports Radio 554. Frank and Evan, I'm Derek. Have yourselves a good weekend. Stay safe. Go Bills, go Sabres.